Welcome to another episode of Down with Joe DeRosa. This is Joe DeRosa bringing you one topic for one hour. You know how it goes, folks. This is the podcast. You've been listening to it. I don't need to explain it again unless you're a new listener. And if you are a new listener, I will explain it again. We discuss one topic for one hour. Well, we, me alone, by myself, uh... We sometimes have a man named Ernie here who does sound engineering. He is not here this week because I have been uh, traveling. He hasn't been here the last few times because I've been traveling so much. Uh, and that's why I got into the habit of saying we, because it used to be me and a man would sit silently next to me, sometimes laughing at things I said a little bit. Uh, and then, uh, you know, so you say we, because you look like an asshole if you're in a room with another person and you say I. Um, but now I'm alone and now I'm saying we still, uh, so now I don't look like an asshole. I look like a lunatic. Anyway, welcome to the show. Before we get into today's topic, let's get the plugs out of the way. New album, Mistakes Were Made, the B-Sides, double album, 10 bucks online now. Rarities from the last seven years recorded all over the place. Go out there, buy it, download it, enjoy it. Uh, and uh, upcoming live dates, I will be at Helium in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania uh, the weekend before Halloween, which is, uh, I guess, the 22nd through the 25th or something like that. Uh, unfortunately, the dates at the Lizard Lounge uh, in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, um, the Joker's Wild date in Connecticut, and the Comedy Works in Albany dates have all been postponed. Uh, I will, I will explain later, but they've been postponed, uh, due to some, uh, scheduling issues, let's say. So, uh, you know, whatever I'll make them up. I'm sorry. I apologize. Uh, we're scrambling to figure out when we can, uh, reset those dates. And as soon as we have them reset, I will let you know. Um, and, and you can kind of hear in the tone of my voice, and, uh, maybe there's, there isn't the urgency that should accompany the, the announcement of canceling a date. Maybe I should sound more frantic. I use the word scrambling, yet I don't sound like I'm scrambling. Why is that? What, what, what would you call that? What, what am I doing right now? Is this a segue into today's topic? Yes, it is. Apathy. That's what we're talking about today. Apathy is the topic on the podcast. I don't know why, by the way, I announce the topics every week as if you don't see the name of the episode on the iTunes thing when you download it or on my website when you download it. It's the, the goddamn title of the episode is right there, yet I still feel the need to announce it as if I'm surprising the listener. Who's downloading it and not looking at the thing? Ugh. I should stop doing that, but too apathetic to care. Uh, here's the thing. Why am I talking about apathy this week? Well, because, you know, I was got up this morning, and uh, it's a beautiful day where I am. I don't know if it's a beautiful day where you are. Uh, and the sun is shining, and I thought to myself, this is what a lovely morning. The, the birds are chirping. You know, the trees are swaying in the beautiful light morning breeze and this is too pretty a picture for me to be sitting here saying god damn it fucking shit i gotta do a podcast i should be more excited about doing the podcast right now look at this i'm lucky to be alive i'm lucky to have a podcast i should be wanting to do the i should be leaping up and down to do this podcast and i just wasn't and here's why it's not because the podcast is such a burden to me. It is, but that's not the reason why. No, the reason why is because I couldn't think of anything I wanted to talk about. You know, usually when I pick the topic uh, for these solo episodes, um, I, I kind of reflect back through the week and I think, well, what, what was I sort of complaining about all week or what did I read that annoyed me or, or what did I watch that I really loved or, or something? And I, nothing this week, nothing. And then I just kind of started to think back for the last few weeks and uh, nothing, 
nothing. I mean, I think that's probably one of the reasons why uh, some of the later episode topics have been more, um, I don't know, uh, you know, sort of lighter discussion topics. Uh, more, I guess, even like entertainment-based, you could say. You know, talking about superheroes, for instance, is, is, is a discussion that's going to fall far more on the side of talking about entertainment and movies and comic books and things like that than it is on the side of some, any type of social commentary. Um, and when we first started this podcast, uh, the, there you go, we again. Uh, when I first started this podcast, it was, it was all, I think, sort of a social commentary thing. Uh, and it's, it's uh, times drifted away from that recently. And I think one of the reasons for that is, aside from just wanting to lighten things up sometimes and not always wanting it to have to be a potentially heavy discussion, uh, I think it's apathy. I think I'm getting to an age where I don't care about a lot of things anymore. I, you know, I, that's, I think, how the average person would define being apathetic. Not caring. Not caring enough. Not uh, having any interest. Not having any investment. Uh, I personally think apathy gets a bad rap, uh, but we'll get into that. We'll get into that. But first, let's kind of talk about the sort of stereotypical concept of it, which is, again, not caring, uh, not having the angst anymore. I certainly don't feel like I have the angst anymore. I have some of the angst with some of the things, but it's not like it was two years ago. Uh, you know, there are still things that will light me up or get me angry, but it's a much more fleeting angst at this point. It's not that thing that you really hold on to in your 20s that drives you, that motivates your spirit. That, that's just not there anymore for me, um, which, by the way, I'm happy about. Um, it, that's tiring after a while. And I know not everybody in their 20s is like that, but I was certainly one of those people that was like that. And it's exhausting. It's exhausting after a while, spending so much time and energy and being so focused on what it is that you don't like what it is that you think needs to be different, what it is you want to change. And my God almighty, I just, I, ugh, it, it's, it's tiring. No wonder I took so many naps in my 20s, uh, you know, because I was just bitching all day about stuff, just complaining constantly. And, you know, it's like that Chris Farley, Matt Foley sketch that he did on SNL. It's, you know, you're in your 20s, you think you're going to go out there and grab the world by the tail and put it, pull it down and put it in your pocket, but you're probably not going to amount to jack squat. Uh, I, that's kind of how I feel. Like You really think, or at least I really thought, uh, in, in that, that whole decade from 20 to 30, and I, look, I'll bring the teens into this too. Probably It started for me probably around 12, 13 years old, up through about 30 didn't end at 30, 34, maybe, 35, somewhere in there. I mean, it was a solid 20-plus year stretch of thinking I was going to convince people that didn't see things the way I saw them to see them the way I saw them. That was my whole mission in life. You're not living correctly. Why? Well, because my set of rules for living are the correct ones, and you're not following those. Therefore, I must help you. I must first get annoyed with you, and then I must help you change yourself. I mean, it's incredibly arrogant. It's an incredibly, incredibly arrogant way to live. Um, and I know sometimes that mode of thinking can be justified if you're, you know, trying to convince somebody, maybe you know that 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 is sexist or something that they 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 they, they should appreciate the female or male perspective more, or you know, somebody that thinks. Uh, you know, uh, hitting instead of talking it out is okay. I understand in those times when you come across people like that, you want to say, hey, let me try to convince you of otherwise. You're not on a good path here. But those times are so few and far between, man. When you're talking about being the kind of person that I was, those times are so few and far between. You are, you are so, I mean, just any conversation can become an argument at any time. Any, and I'm sure... I hope, at least, I have certain friends listening to this podcast. Not a ton of, 
don't think a ton of my friends listen to this podcast. I don't blame them. I don't listen to their podcasts. Um, but I have a few friends that listen to this podcast. Um, I feel like Nikki Glazer uh, is one comedian friend of mine who listens to this, uh, at least occasionally. And if she hears this episode, I, I, I'm, as I'm saying this, I'm literally picturing her sitting, nodding her head like, yep, yep, that's how he was. Uh, because I was the kind of person where any conversation, any simple conversation over anything, and I'm talking benign shit, like the existence of Katy Perry could turn into a very heated debate or argument about how I thought this thing we were discussing defined what was wrong with the universe. It was a repre representation of all that was heinous. And you, you could not support this thing. And, and, you know, and then you're sitting across the table from me going, Jesus Christ, I just like the song... Uh, I don't. I don't know any Katy Perry songs. I'm sorry because I do hate her music, but I realize it's not evil. You see what I'm saying? I hate it though. I woo do I hate it? But it's. But it's. But I don't care anymore. Well, I guess I care if I. I don't hate it. I don't care about it. There you go. That's apathy. I don't care about her music anymore. You know, when it comes on, I don't get angry anymore. I used to get angry when her music came on. Uh, and I'm just, uh, I, now there are, don't get me wrong. There still are a few things that shouldn't wind me up like that, that, that still wind me up like that. I can't watch the VMAs for instance. Uh, now that's a bit of progress for me because as, whereas before hearing a Katy Perry song would set me off. Now I can hear the Katy Perry song and remain composed and not care, but I can't watch the VMAs because that brings together all the Katy Perry's. And then I see a bunch of elements and people and things that I don't like, whatever, all functioning as a group. And when I see a group functioning with a common goal or belief, and I don't like that common goal or belief or interest, that still winds me up pretty bad. And that's how I feel about the VMAs. Now, I know there are plenty of people that would still say, dude, the VMA, are you, are you joking? Are you joking? You can't watch the VMAs without getting angry. Where's the harm in the VMAs? I, I don't know where the harm is. I could sit here and rattle off a million things that I think are wrong with the VMAs and, you know, the things that the VMAs do that, that I can't stand and, and, and the things I believe they promote, you know, shallow vapidness, materialism, uh, substandard performance, substandard composition, substandard, you can't call it art, I guess, if it's substandard, right? Uh, or maybe you can call it art, I don't know. See, this is, I don't want to go down this road because I'm going to start rattling, it's too self-righteous sound, and I don't, this is what I mean, I don't care enough to ramble on about it even, so that's even a huge step for me. There was, there was a time where if you brought up the VMAs to me, I, I would go, I would go, I mean, and I would go off in the way where you think I was about to spit. You think I was about to spit. And now here I am, because that's how angry I would get. And now here I am, I can't even articulate fully what I don't like about it. I know that what I just said was rambling and didn't make a lot of sense. Substandard art. What am I talking about? But I hate it. I still hate it. You know? It bothers me. I've seen stuff on there that's bothered me over the years. All right? Is that enough? Is that enough? Can I just say that and we can move on? Point is, there's still things like that that will wind me up a little bit, you know? Uh, it's always, by the way, the little things. It's never the bigger things. It's never a, you know, and I'm going to sort of quote uh, or reference Carlin as I usually do. Um you know, my favorite George Carlin bit of all time is from Back in Town where he talks about the baby boomers. And he talks about, uh, and that leads him into, there's a bit on that album called Random Anger, or free, I'm sorry, it's called Free Floating Hostility. And he attacks like, I don't know, it's something like 29 different cultural items that like are bothering him. And it's really vicious and really funny. And the last two are, he talks about the baby boomers and what sellout pieces of shit they are. 
And then he talks about, and then that leads him into politicians. And he says, like, you know, out of everything I've complained about here tonight, you notice one thing I don't complain about is politicians. Everybody's complaining about politicians. Everybody's mad about politicians. And he goes on to break down, like, how he doesn't give a shit about politicians. He talks about why he doesn't vote because this country, as he says, was bought and sold a long time ago. That shit they shuffle around every four years doesn't mean anything. Um, I totally agree with all that. Um, I have never voted in my life. And again, we'll get to that. But my point is, and this is where I'm referencing him, is I, I really line up with that sort of perspective of the things that piss me off are the little things. I never get mad at politicians and the big picture. I hear people in coffee shops or wherever arguing the right versus the left or the conservative versus the liberal or the movement versus the oppressor or, you know, or the church versus the state and all these. I don't care about any of it. None of these big institutions, these sort of sweeping political movements, you know, or organizations, I don't care. I don't care at all. Why? I can't explain why. I feel like probably the easiest way for me to explain it is it's such a big it, the machine to me is so large, nothing, I, I really believe this, nothing I ever do could ever change it. I believe there was a time where social movements and things like that could make a difference. I don't believe, I believe we're far, far past that time in this country, meaning where I'm from, the United States. Um, but as far as, you know, overseas, you, you know, obviously they still have a shot at doing this in some countries. We, we see uprisings. That's been in the news lately over the last two years in various other countries. But but here, no fucking way. No fucking way. And we've already done an entire podcast uh, about Occupy Wall Street and my views on that and everything and and why I thought the whole movement was pointless. Uh, you can go and listen to that and hear Ari Shafir and I scream at one another for an hour straight uh, about that. And, uh, I still stand by everything I said in that podcast. I don't want to reiterate it because if you've already heard it, you know, what the fuck, um, but go back and listen to that, uh, for, for my take on that stuff. If you care, maybe you're too apathetic and there's the theme. Uh, anyway, I don't care about any of that stuff because the machine is too big. The machine is too big. So the stuff that winds me up or the reason, I guess, finally getting to the point of the VMAs thing, why something like that might wind me up is because that's where I see my fellow people, you know? I almost said my fellow man, and it felt so stupid that I changed it to my fellow people, and my fellow people sounded so much dumber than my fellow man would have sounded. Um, that's the, you know, I know there's celebrities on there and everything, and they're not people, obviously, that I'm hanging around with, you know, ever, but my point is, is like, they're not people of influence in the political spectrum. They're people of influence in the social spectrum. And that is where I start to get wound up. So if I see somebody on a TV show like that acting like a really, like, you know, like a Chris Brown, for instance. You know, it bothers me when I see people cheering and screaming for Chris Brown and ignoring the fact still I mean, I know he got a lot of shit for what he did to Rihanna, but my my point is this. It's like, he didn't I just had this discussion with somebody the other night. Somebody was like, "Man, they'll never let that guy get over that." And it's like, "Well, no, I think they could let that guy get over that even though it was heinous what he did." Uh he if he showed any sort of true redemption for himself and didn't continue to do other assholey things. I don't think anything that guy has done has reflected a guy that is truly trying to redeem himself. That's just my opinion. I know people out there would disagree, but that's my opinion on it. And when you start to see the smoke, you start to believe in the fire. And I don't think that. So when I see a guy like that, that not only beat up Rihanna, but then also was publicly homophobic and whatever other offenses, uh, you know, that he's committed, you, you know, you kind of put the pieces together and you go, you know what, this guy's just kind of a douche. So when I see him on a show like, you know, an award show or something, and people are cheering for him and everything, then I get really mad. That's that's the thing that makes me mad because I feel like the person in the audience cheering for them, it, him, is somebody that I maybe could sit down and say, 
hey, man, like you shouldn't support that guy, in my opinion. And then we could have this discussion. And who knows? Maybe somebody's mind gets changed throughout the course of that discussion. Uh, or we find a new perspective, the two of us, on the whole thing or whatever. When the fuck am I ever going to get to do that with politicians? And I, you might be thinking, well, of course you can. You can talk politics and influence a voter or whatever. Well, can you? I mean, you can. One, what am I going to do? Go out and try to influence a million voters? And then let's say I did go out and influence a million voters. Well, we know for a fact that it's, potential, it's possible to steal an election. We saw that with Bush's first term, right? And then you go, okay, well, he's... I guess, stole that election with that whole Florida debacle and everything. So, okay, well then, all right, great. And then you go, okay, well, let's say he didn't steal the election. Let's say they just, you know, everything was fair and square and he got an office, whatever. Then you think about, like, every politician that's ever promised you something publicly and then never, ever, ever delivered on it, ever. Um, and you go, okay, okay, well, there's that. Uh, and then you go, well, what, are the, what about a good guy? Like, maybe like an Obama's like a good guy. And then you go, well, yeah, but then... He said he was going to stop the war, and then he sent more troops into the war, and then I guess the war eventually did stop, but it kind of probably just played out the same way it would have played out if there was, like, let's say, a third Bush term. Um, okay. Uh, and then you go, well, maybe that's just, maybe it wouldn't have played out that way with Bush. Maybe it played out differently with Obama, and he really did stop the thing. Okay. And then he did this great thing with Obamacare uh, that some people really love and other people really hate, but let's just give it the benefit of the doubt and say it is a really great thing, and he did it. Uh, and then you go, okay, yeah, but then the Republicans shut down the government. What? They, yeah, they shut down the government because they didn't like Obamacare. Uh, so once you realize that, no matter what the fuck else happened leading up to that, doesn't matter. World peace, World War Three, whose fault? That guy, this guy, he caused it, she caused it, whatever. None of that fucking matters because when at the end of the day you can sit back and say they can shut down the government against the will of the people who are living in a quote democracy unquote well then there's no fucking point as long as they're able to do that there's no fucking point they will always do what they need to do in the end so i don't vote i don't vote I don't get upset about that stuff. They're going to do what they need to do to keep the machine oiled and running. Uh, I know this sounds very conspiracy and very what, and like almost like I'm justifying not voting, which I am justifying it, but I'm justifying it in my opinion with support for a real argument and not justifying it in the sense of making excuses. Um, on the other hand, on the other hand, when I see, you know, a regular guy acting like an asshole, you know, maybe I'm on an escalator. The guy in front of me stops at the top of the escalator to check his phone and is blocking everybody from getting off the escalator. There's a guy I can directly say, you're being a douche right there. When am I ever going to get to do that? With You don't get to sit down with a politician and go, you're being a douche. And if you do, they go, okay, I'm being a douche. Sorry. And then even if they say sorry, they don't mean it. They're lying and they're just going to keep being a douche anyway. But the guy on the escalator, maybe he goes, oh, you know, I am being a douche. Or maybe he fights me in the middle of the mall and, and then, you know, I'm assaulted and then I'm afraid to ever talk to people ever again. Could go either way. Either way, people are getting directly influenced is the point. So that's why I get wound up about the little dumb shit like the, the, the VMAs or the, you know, whatever. And I, I know I'm not going to stop a million people from listening to Chris Brown. And I don't want to. There you go. There's the apathy again. I don't care. You know, I mean, I can't, it annoys me. It's a tough argument. I can't, I don't know. It's, I, I do care because it annoys me uh, that people support a guy like that. But at the same time, I don't care enough to try to change them. Maybe that's what I'm getting at. It's an, inter it, 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 it's an individual uh, experience for me these days. Maybe the apathy applies to the to the general sense of uh, or to the broad picture I mean, the apathy comes into play when it comes to me dealing with other people i don't care enough anymore to engage other people in 
what they think or what they believe or what they don't believe or whatever. I, I don't care enough to engage them anymore. I care enough in an individual sense to allow myself to get a little upset at what somebody else is doing that I don't agree with. But I don't care enough anymore to debate them or argue or fight with them about it. Which, again, I'm very happy about. And it also makes sense because, you know, as I'm talking about all this stuff, I'm sitting here going, well, if I don't care, then why is my stand-up still opinionated and whatever? Um, but that's, now I'm understanding. Now I'm understanding. I think, by the way, everybody, I think we've just turned a corner on this podcast. I think what this podcast is more than one topic for one hour. I almost think it's a one-on-one therapy session where I'm trying to figure out what I actually do think about things. Uh, <laughs> I just realized something about myself. That's why. That's why I. That's why I still am opinionated in my stand-up. Yet I am apathetic in my life because in my stand-up I'm just on stage letting out all the things that are banging around in my head all day. Uh, But in my life, I'm not going out after people and saying, you need to change, you need to change. And that's where the, that's where, that's where I'm at these days. Uh, And I'll be honest with you. I think, uh, and I don't know if I've mentioned this before. I think therapy has helped greatly with that. I think uh, Prozac has helped greatly with that. Uh, I, I actually started doing therapy, and, and I went on Prozac, and I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not, uh, I've had a wonderful experience on this drug, and let me explain why. I was one of those people that was very worried that, like, the the mental brain drugs would uh, affect me as a person, would affect who I was as a person, would, would change me in some way. Um, they don't. I mean, they do, but in the sense of they didn't transform who I was as a person. They just got a lot of the goddamn junk out of my way. You know, the way I could describe it is, is or at least my experience has been like, let's say you're in a room. Let's say your life is a room, okay? And that room needs to be painted. The room needs to be painted. Some people are able, every day the room needs to be painted. That's it. That's what you have to do every day. Every morning you wake up, you got to paint all four walls in the room. Some people are able to do that every day. They hop right out of bed. Here we go. Paint the walls. Great. Smile on their face. They're doing it. Great. Other people are able to hop out of bed and do it and go, "Eh, I'm not crazy about painting the walls, but what are you going to do? Then there are people that hop out of bed and there's junk all over the floor and they go god damn it fucking shit i gotta get all this fucking how the how am i gonna paint these walls with all this i can't even get to the walls there's junk all over the floor what am i gonna do and then oh and even if i get this junk up i don't have any paint oh my god i don't have any paint what happened all the paint i thought i had paint in the the, br- the brush is crusted. This brush has been crusted and caked with other paint, and I can't use this brush. i got to get a new brush. What? I can't. How am I supposed to do this? And Jesus Christ, it's so hot in this room, I can't even think straight. That's who I was. That's who I was. Every day, getting up in a cluttered room, overwhelmed at the task I had to do that day, no matter what the task was. And all Prozac did was... Came in and said, hey, man, I'm Prozac. How you doing? Good to see you. Uh, Let me do you a favor, buddy. Okay, this is what I do. Uh, For about 10 bucks a month, I'm going to come in here and I'm going to clean up all this junk every morning before you wake up. And I'm going to make sure that there's paint here and a clean brush so you can do what you need to do. Once you're doing what you need to do, it's up to you how to do it. Uh, It's up to you whether you want to be in a great mood while you're doing it or kind of whatever about the whole thing or even in a bad mood sometimes when you're doing it. But the point is, is like, I'm going to get all this shit out of here and set you up so you can at least do the thing starting from a fresh place every day. That's what Prozac did for me. Uh, Because I had this amazing junk filter 
in the in the front of my of my brain of my head every day that that just everything i thought or said or or processed or analyzed everything had to go through this junk filter every day this junk filter that was just overwhelming and and then once you feel overwhelmed you can't think positively you can't get the job done because you can't think clearly but once the junk filter's gone suddenly now there's a clear perspective and the clear perspective for me i think uh, funny enough led to me being apathetic in 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 many ways um and here's why i think that's a good thing because i know there are people that would think like oh that's dude the drugs evened you out and like you know and and took away your passion whatever no they, they didn't i'm still extremely passionate about the things i really am meant to be passionate about the things i really care about if i love you okay don't get me wrong here when i say like you know i know i've talked a lot about like apathy towards other people and whatever and their beliefs if i love you and you're somebody in my life that I care about, and I think that you're doing something that's bad for you, you can definitely count on me being passionate and trying to help you or or change that about you. And I don't mean, and look, hey, you call it self-righteous, call it whatever you want to call it, but that's, it's because I care and because I love you. And I might be right or I might be wrong, but if I truly believe I can help you in some way, or if you're doing something that's bad for you in some way, I'm going to talk to you about it. I'm going to try to, help you through it that's what you i think most people do for the people that they love right um but what i'm not going to do is allow what you're doing to affect me in a negative way anymore and that's that's the thing that i think is actually pretty beautiful about apathy uh i think too many of us let the actions of other people have a direct effect on our lives. It, 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 they, what other people are doing make us, it, only you can make you feel or do anything, obviously. But like, um, my point is, is too, too often I think we let what other people are doing affect us in ways that it doesn't need to, that it just doesn't need to. You know, there was a time where if I, and, and this is, I'll apply this to people that I love. Uh, you know, if somebody close to me in my life uh, was very, I mean, was just acting in a way that disgusted me, quite frankly, or whatever, I not only would address it with that person, I would then take that home with me and and just, and I would personalize it all the time. What the fuck are they acting like that for? Why are they doing this? You, you know, why are they acting that way with me? And then like, I, I, I didn't have the ability to, to step back and go, they're not acting that way with you. They're acting that way with everybody. That's how they act. And aside from addressing it uh, and, and giving your perspective on it, there's nothing you can do to change it. And that's not a good place to be because that's the thing that's preventing you from doing what you need to do for yourself because all you're ever thinking about is what's wrong everywhere with everything and everyone around you at all times. And then you can't do your own thing. You don't have the ability to go. I don't, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm, you can't, you know, there's that book, the four agreements. I don't know if I've never read it. I own it. My friend, Julia Razi gave me a copy of it years ago. I've, I need to read it. Uh, my friend Eddie, if told me recently, it's the best book he ever read. Um, I need to read it. It's on my bookshelf. I'm not reading it because I don't want to read it. I'm just not reading it because, <laughs> because I'm apathetic. <laughs> uh, uh, but I do want to read it. I'll read it. Anyway, I do know, though, that in that book, one of the agreements is not taking something personally. Whatever, whatever anybody else does, is, is, is that's who they are as a person, and you can't take that personally. Um, and I agree with that. I, I totally agree with that. But that is something I wouldn't have been able to agree with or fully understand until the Prozac came in and got the junk out of my head. Um, so, is not caring, uh, not intensely caring uh, about somebody else being apathetic? Well, no, it's probably just having the right 
the right approach to to how much you're willing to invest in the behavior of another person. And that's where I'm at with it, uh, is not voting or participating in that system, being apathetic. I, I don't think so. I think there's a difference between being apathetic and recognizing when you think something is futile or pointless. And once again, not taking it home with you, not getting wound up about it and saying, I'm just not going to get involved in that thing. Um, and this brings me to the, to the point that I said I would eventually get to, which is I think apathy sort of gets a bad rap because I think we, I think, well, I don't know if that's the right way to put it. What I'm getting at is I think a lot of behaviors get a bad rap because we put the word apathy on them. We apply the word apathy to them or describe them using the word apathy uh, or apathetic. And, and I, don't, uh, I don't agree with that. I think there is a, a huge difference between being apathetic and just being somebody who has the sound perspective that they need to have to run their life. And thank you, Jesus, thank you. Sweet Prozac Jesus. Sweet Jesus Prozac for coming into my life and getting out all this bullshit that has allowed me to get to that point. Now, here's the thing. I don't know why I didn't feel that way before, and I don't know why I needed medicine to help me feel that way. And it's not just medicine. It's therapy, too. It's, it's talking to somebody who's a professional that can actually say to you, you know, this is where this stems from, and mo most likely you feel this way because of that, and blah, blah, blah. But I don't know why some of us sort of get caught, caught up with, with, with that, with that, with that uh, um, obs it's obsessive behavior. It's obsessive to sit and, and uh, you know, analyze other people constantly in your head and, and, again, invest so much energy into being angry about them and, and trying to figure out how can I change everything. It's also crazy egomaniacal. It's insanely egomaniacal. But it's, it's, I don't know why some people are wired that way. I don't know why I was wired that way. I think part of it comes from the fact, like, you know, I was a kid, like most comedians, that got bullied and stuff like that. So I think, you know, you get pushed around a lot as a kid, and then you're kind of a nerd in high school, and then you don't really get the girl uh, you know, in college, you know, and it, it, it sort of snowballs. And when you, when you're kind of on that outside track the whole time, I think you're, you're looking in at everybody else having a great time and going, well, I'm not part of that. Why don't I belong in that? And you begin to analyze it and you begin to resent them for not accepting. And, and I think that's certainly one thing that starts that snowball effect where you can end up at 35 thinking way too much about the behaviors of other people. I think the other side of that, or the other component in that, is just bad wiring. You know, somebody said to me once, look, your brain is, uh, uh, it's an organ like any other, uh, and it needs, sometimes it needs help. Sometimes it's got a, a, a sickness or a malfunction, and medicine can fix that. I really, really agree with that. And the analogy they used was, if you're, dude, if there's something wrong with your heart, you would take medicine for it so it functioned properly. And I think your brain is the same thing. We just fear it a little bit more because your brain is your, <laughs> aside from your heart, it's your kind of your everything, wouldn't you say? Uh, it's, you know, it's, 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 I'd say it's top of the food chain when it comes to organs. It's way up there. Heart and brain are the, I'd say, are the, the Dean Martin and Frank Sinatra of that Rat Pack. Um, so, you know, we're, we, it's a little nerve-wracking sometimes when somebody says, well, I'm going to give you a pill that might change the way you think. But I, I urge you, if, if what I'm saying is relating to you in any way, uh, I would never be so careless as to say to you, go out and get on medicine. It's something that you need to take very seriously and something that you need to be monitored with and, and something that needs to come per the suggestion of a professional. So I'm not suggesting to you to go get on medicine. But I would say to you that if what I'm saying to you is relatable in any way or what I'm talking about is relatable in any way and you feel like, hey, I am that guy. 
I am somebody that can't let it go. I am somebody that can't go home and then be back in my life. And I'm constantly thinking about other people and, and their behaviors are making me feel a certain way about myself. And I hate it and I can't stand it. I would strongly suggest to you, go to therapy, talk to somebody, talk to a psychiatrist, talk to a therapist, talk to both. Uh, and if you can't do that uh, because you don't have health insurance or whatever it is, uh, or can't afford it, whatever, go to a social worker. There are, there are Catholic social services out there. And trust me, I'm the farthest thing from a religious person alive. Uh, and, but I went to Catholic social services when I didn't have health coverage because they offered a, a sliding scale payment plan for the therapy sessions. And I paid like 15 bucks a session to sit with a social worker and talk through my stuff. And there, and if you are advised to get on medicine, there are generic versions of these medicines out there. It'll cost you like 10 bucks a month. It's, there's a, you can, you can help yourself with this stuff. You don't have to live in that junk prison anymore. You can get that junk cleared out and allow yourself to get to a, to a more apathetic place in dealing with stuff because apathy can be a great tool when you need to handle your own shit. Be apathetic towards other people and their stuff. Be proactive towards the people you love and your stuff. And I, I don't know. I just feel like that's the way to do it. And I'm, I'm sad it took me 37 years to figure that out. But I really think that's the way to do it. Fuck all these people out here that have no real effect on your life. It doesn't fucking matter. Care about the ones you love. Care about yourself. And even in dealing with the ones that you love, leave it with, help them, try to help them, but you got to leave it with them. You can't bring it home with you 24 hours a day. Uh, you can't. You just can't. You're important too. Jesus, this is getting real. Woo. This is... This is getting like a like some kind of uh, Steve Harvey act like a success, think like a success chapter from that book that my mom sent me, by the way. My mom sent me that book, Steve Harvey's Act Like a Success, Think Like a Success, which was both touching and the saddest thing that's ever happened to me. Uh, but she sent it to me. She was like, I think this book is right up your alley. You know what? Pretty good book. Not a bad book. It's, uh, you know, he, he says nice things to you. He tells you how to embrace your gifts and all that stuff. I like it. I'm not even being funny. It's, it's not a bad book. Anyway, let's go to the phones. See what people are saying on Twitter today. Um, first uh, comment comes from Ryan Hussein. You can follow him at, at Ryan, H-O-U-S-S-E-I-N. I'm finding as I get older, my apathy is being replaced with crippling empathy. I'm feeling too much. Well, that's really interesting, actually, because I agree. I agree. Well, I sort of agree. I feel that more apathy has worked its way into my life, but I do agree with the empathy thing. I'm finding that another thing that has been a byproduct of this, this I guess, you know, mental transformation or whatever that's happening Um and by the way, I, I hate the words that you have to use when you talk about this stuff, mental transformation. It's so, so cheesy, but I don't know how else to describe it. Um, anyway, I find that my empathy uh, well is filling up much more. I feel way, way, way more empathetic and sympathetic to other people and, 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 and what... Uh, you know, the, the, when I read about somebody else's plight in the news or something terrible that happened to somebody, you know, sad news stories now upset me in a way that they never did before. You know, like, uh, like, uh, you know, you're always heartbroken to hear a terrible story, you know, about, you know, some awful murder or something like that. But like, now I'm really like, I, feel, I don't know, I just feel like I'm connecting a lot more to it and caring a lot more and like saying like, oh, God, that's horrible. You know, what are you going to do? So um, like, I don't mean what are you going to do? Like, who cares? I mean, like, what are you going to do? Like, why does stuff like that happen? Which is the ap opposite of apathy. That's empathy, which we've established. Joe, thanks for clearing that up. Fucking idiot. Uh, so how can I be apathetic 
and also be empathetic. Well, again, I think it's just like empathy and sympathy are the right ways to be concerned or care about other people. I think obsession and uh, uh, heightened passion are often the wrong ways to care about people. Uh, this is uh, from J. I'm, I'm sorry, L J. I'm just going to spell it out at, at L J B O U G E. Yes. After reading that, people might just be born believing what they believe. It just doesn't seem worth it to try. Uh, after reading that, I guess my tweet saying, "What the hell is he talking about? What are you responding to?" My tweet was podcasting now about apathy. Send your thoughts and questions unless you don't care enough to. That was just a joke. Um, and the, but then he wrote people. Well, I, the point is people might be born believing what they believe. It just doesn't seem worth it to try. Um, I don't believe that people are born believing what they believe. I think people are definitely born wired in a certain way that might give them the tendency to move towards a certain set of beliefs uh, throughout their life. Um, but yeah, as far as why try, I yeah, I you know, I agree. It's like if you know if you live next door to me and you're, you know, you're a born again Christian and and uh, and believe in all this stuff that I completely don't believe about. And like what? Fine, believe it. I don't. That's okay. I don't agree with it. I'm not going to try to change your mind unless you're family member or something um and even then it's like okay whatever i'll see you at the picnic and when we talk about religion we're gonna disagree and then we probably won't go to picnics anymore together Uh, that's who gives a shit just you go do you i'll do me your life isn't can't be important to me and, and you're your beliefs can't be important to me because I need to deal with my own shit. I, I don't have enough time to, to apply uh, efforts to all my own stuff. Um, so I can't be applying my efforts to your stuff. Uh, this is from Jazzy J. This, you follow him at, at Jeff underscore Ferris, which is F-E-R-R-I-S. My thoughts are that you and Rogan had a great rap the other week on his show. Solid tag team. Thank you, Jazzy J. Uh, that's reference to when I was on Joe Rogan's podcast. And we had a big discussion on that one about all kinds of stuff. Uh, listen to that. Um, and also, you might listen to that and go, well, Joe, that's the topic of that discussion was something that sounded to be far, far, far away from somebody that was apathetic in any way. And here's, I actually think that discussion is a great example of what I'm talking about if you want to go and listen to it. Because I think that discussion encompassed a lot of what I'm saying here. I, I've found an ability now to, and also, by the way, the discussion that I had post that when I went on to Anthony Cumia's, uh, on the Anthony Cumia show and discussed the same thing with him directly. I feel like I finally got to a place where I can talk, I can recognize something that I disagree with, that I can discuss that thing that I disagree with, I can give my honest and calm and respectful opinion on that thing, and then that's it. I'm not I'm not going to carry that thing home with me and sit and try to figure out what I have to do with the person that I don't agree with or whatever and I have to change. No, it's like you believe this, I believe that. And we can discuss those differences all we want. And maybe one day we'll get to a place where we sort of agree uh or or maybe we never will uh and we will just constantly disagree forever. Uh, but that's okay. We're allowed to disagree as people. Uh, even if we harshly, harshly disagree with what the other one thinks, we're allowed to disagree completely as people. And whatever effect that has on the, and I'm talking about every, anybody, not just that specific situation, but whatever effect that has, that disagreement may or may not have on your life and the other person's life and the relationship you could have with that person in the future or used to have or currently have or whatever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The worst case scenario is you part ways and say, okay, I can't relate to you anymore. That's the worst case scenario. That's not a bad thing. The bad thing is investing everything into going, no, we can never walk separate ways on this. And I have to convince you because you are wrong. That's a crazy way to live. 
That is a crazy way to live. And I lived that way for a long time and I'm happy to not be doing it. Uh, and that's the last time I'll mention how I used to live versus the way I am now. And okay, you you get the point. Um, let's see. Lee Bennett writes, follow him at, at the human Lee. If neither of us care where, where we eat, why is it so hard for us to act, arbitrarily make a decision? Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I'm the worst with picking a restaurant. I can't. That's, the, that's a bad side of apathy is that you don't care so much that you can't pick something. And then you actually start to get stressed out like you wish you cared. There are times where I'm like, you know what? I really wish I gave a shit more about what I was putting into my body because it would make it my meal times a lot easier. Uh, and <laughs> so I agree with you. Uh, one more time. Uh, who else do we have here? This is from Pleasant Trees. You can follow at P-L-E-S-E-N-T-T-R-E-E-S, -E -E Pleasant Trees. Get it? Um, it's hard not to be apathetic to other people's problems because even big world issues barely affect me. Um, well, yeah, I agree. I think, uh, I think we talked a lot about that uh, today. We, again with the we. What the fuck is wrong with me? Why do I keep saying we? Me, I'm alone right now. For, I, yes, I discussed that quite a bit today. I agree. It's, it is what it is. It's, it's, it is hard to, to care about um, other people's problems and, uh, and the bigger world issues because they don't affect you. Truly, they truly don't. They truly don't. Unless they're bringing it to your doorstep, then you have a problem. Otherwise, who cares? And, and if they're not, again, loved ones or whatever, who cares? Let them go do their thing. You can comment on it. You can voice an opinion about it. Just don't take it home with you. That's the lesson today. Lesson. Ugh. I hate myself. Don't take it home with you. That's what I'm getting at. Um, last but not least, Larry Taylor. At Larry, or excuse me, at L Taylor, which is T-A-Y-L-O-R. 0128 is the handle. I'd write about apathy if I gave a shit. Boom, that's the end. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, let's do the plugs one more time. Double album out now. Mistakes were made. The B-sides. Uh, go get it on iTunes or Amazon. Ten bucks. Double album's worth of rarities from the last seven years. Uh, Helium in Philadelphia, uh, October 22nd through the 25th or 6th, whatever that is. Uh, and then the Chameleon Lizard Lounge in uh, Lancaster date, uh, the Joker's Wild in Connecticut date, and the uh, Comedy Works in Albany date have all been postponed. Uh, and we'll make them up as soon as we can. Uh, that's the show, folks. Make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes, if you could. And uh, check out Jodorosa Comedy, com for all stuff that is going on with me. Take care. <laughs>